Hey, my name is Ben Hollingsworth from Netflix's Virgin River. I'm here with Elias in the Man Cave Chronicles. Check us out. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Benjamin, welcome to the cave. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you, man? What's new with you? Ah, uh, you know, surviving like everyone else, or trying to anyway. Got a, a new uh, new uh, daughter uh, born uh, a couple months ago, so I new saw baby that. Congrats, in the house. congrats. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how's fatherhood treating you? I know you got two other kids, correct? Yeah, I do. Uh, so this is number three, which I, you know, if you asked me you know, six, seven years ago, hey. In in uh, in 2020, you're gonna have three kids. I, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's a blessing. It really is, and uh, it sure as hell keeps me busy. Oh yeah, um, I have two. I have two kids myself, so it's very busy. Right. So you know, you know. Yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, my daughter is five, but she acts like she's ten. And uh, yeah, my son, is, my son is my son. My son is three. Oh, great. So you're in it too, huh? The oh, yeah. toddler craziness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't stop. A lot of energy. No. Right? And in the pandemic of anything, like, I feel like there's a badge of honor for, for parents of toddlers at this, <laughs> during this time. It's just like a whole new level, isn't it? Oh, yeah. How, how many times have you just decided, you know what, I'm going to go for a walk just to get mm, out of the house yeah. for a little bit? There's been a lot of walks. Honey, I'm going for a walk. You got the kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, congrats, by the way. I heard season three just got picked up. It did, yes. Thank you very much. We're very happy about that. So, yeah, man, yeah, you've been busy. Like, the listeners, you know, you've been on multiple projects. People know you from Code Black, Suits, and, of course, Netflix, uh, Virgin River. So you've been busy for many years. Yeah, I've been very uh, – I've been fortunate to string together uh, a nice run here for the last decade or so. So um, – and to be a part of some some great – some great projects, which is, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, where are you originally from? I'm originally, uh, so I'm Canadian and I'm originally from a small town, uh, just outside Toronto, um, called Peterborough, Ontario, uh, home of, uh, a number of NHL hockey players, uh, big hockey town, Irish Catholic kind of hockey town, uh, in Canada. And, uh, so grew up in a small town there. Uh, do you still live in Canada? You know what? My wife and I and family, we split our time uh, between L.A. and Vancouver, uh, which is great because the Virgin River shoots up here in Vancouver. And uh, and so we get, you know, when the rain and cold weather uh, gets too much, we head down to our home in L.A. and, and um, you know, business down there and whatnot. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then when we're sick of the, uh, <laughs> the L.A. type of <laughs> dealing with the people and billboards and uh, all of that business, we come and hybrid, we come and hibernate up here in Canada and, and get away from it all. So do you, you don't, do you miss the winters or what? You know, I don't miss the, like from the East, the East coast. Um, like you go outside and your eyelashes freeze together cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I gotta say, I do, I do enjoy 
that like cold, crisp air, uh, you know, on the hockey rink, the outdoor pond, that kind of thing. Um, there's something about that that's, that's, that's pretty nice, especially this time of year. Yeah, definitely. I'm from the East Coast. That's why I had to ask about the winter. I'm from Massachusetts. So we just got, oh, just got you hit, know. we just got hit with the storm yesterday. It was crazy. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then, you know, at this time of year, it's bearable. In fact, it's actually kind of nice, right? It's just, you get to February, uh, you know, late February and March and you get hit with these, <laughs> these oh, yeah. snowstorms and, 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 the, and the hail and the, the, the worst part for me was always those months in like March, April where like ev- all the grass was yellow and, and all the salt that they used to salt the roads <laughs> in the snow banks had just melted down enough. So it just looked like someone had taken dirt and threw it all over the snow. Uh, you know, those aren't the things I miss. I don't miss that. So at what age, uh, you kind of had an idea you wanted to get into the industry? Oh man, I think there's several stages, um, kind of like a string of, of things. I think when I was younger, I, I was into it. Um, my, my dad who didn't do it professionally, he grew up and, and did it in like high school and, and, and community theater he, he was still doing it, uh, community theater when I was younger. And so I got to watch him on stage and I thought that was pretty cool. And I saw, um, I saw a, uh, a production of, of Shakespeare's um, King Henry and, uh, and the sword fighting and, and the, the like, just, um, just the way that actors could captivate an audience kind of, uh, resonated with me and and, uh, and then of course watching movies growing up and, and seeing like the classics as long as well as like you know I grew up with the 90s so this big box office you know um, Independence Day like Die Hard all those yeah. those classic you know big big budget big action movies um, I was like oh man that is so cool I want to do that and uh and then, you know, in my teens, um, when I kind of got serious and was like, okay, the guidance counselor sits you down and goes, you know, what do you want to do? Um, I did pretty well in school. Uh, I was into student council and was a VP of, of student council. And and uh, aside from math, did, did pretty well in just about everything. So accounting was out the window, but everything else was open. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, but, you know, I, I loved acting and I looked at it and I was playing hockey too at the time, pretty competitively. And, um, I had to make a decision, uh, you know, if I was going to pursue that or, or pursue acting or, or get serious about, you know, getting, getting a degree. And, um, I was touring a play at the time and just everyone kept coming up to me and going like, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this, you know? And, uh, and, and that just reaffirmed, you know, my love and, and what I really wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I, I got into a school that, uh, is the same creators of Juilliard at the same time. Um, it, it, it's, a it's a really prestigious school in Canada. They have like 3000 applicants worldwide. And then they, they make you go through three different audition phases and, and, and then they take 12 actors to train. Uh, so yeah. So that was pretty phenomenal that I got into that and, and, uh, yeah, that kind of paved my paved the way for me. So when you sat down, I gotta know, like when you sat down with your family and like, okay, I decided this is what I'm going to (laughs) do school for this. 
I gotta yeah. know, like, what was the what was the reaction from like uh, your parents? Um, I gotta say, it was um, they were pretty they were pretty uh, responsive. You know, they they listened to me and and they said, you know, my dad he 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 actually said to me, he's like, you know, it's great that you want to do this, um, but you're not gonna fly down to L.A. tomorrow and do it. You, you like <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because you can jump high and, uh, you know, run really fast and you're tall doesn't make you a good basketball player. You got to learn the game, you know, and you got to learn, you got to, you got to figure out, you know, um, you got to make yourself better than everyone else. And, and just, you know, um, you can't rely on good looks and, 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 and talent. It's got to actually be more than that. You got to learn the craft of it. And, um, and so I did, and I went to school and it was seriously the best decision I ever made. Um, yeah. So would you, after, after you finished that, what was your next step? What'd you do? Did you jump right to LA? Just stick around in Canada at first? Well, yeah, because uh, the theater program was, was primarily based on like theater um, and, and, and acting for stage. I needed to start to learn the craft of acting for film and television, which is a whole different beast. It's a different muscle really. Yeah. Um, and so that took some adjustment and, and the best way for me, I thought, was just, you know, immersion and, and getting in and, and doing guest stars and, and stuff like that. So I had moved to Toronto, um, lived uh, in, a, in a townhouse in downtown Toronto with uh, three other actors. We had um, we had uh, um, Nina Dobrev, who's uh, who's a, was on the vampire. She was the lead of the Vampire Diaries. And she's. Um, She's done a number of stuff now. She's a pretty famous actress. She was living in our basement and uh, I was living upstairs in the, the, the top room. And, and um, a lot of us had a lot of fun during that time, but we, we all stuck together. You know, we ran auditions together. We, um, we, you know, went through the ups and downs of it. Um, Nina and I ended up booking pilots at the same time, the same year the first year we went down to uh, LA, which was in 2009, um, which was really cool on the same network. Hers went on to be a huge successful hit and mine was canceled after two episodes, oh, but you know, different experience. I and I, sh I was shooting in New York. I remember at the time I was living in, in uh, Nolita in Manhattan on Mulberry street. And, you know, I'd drive, you know, I'd, I'd be driven to work and, and uh, we're shooting at Kaufman Studios over in Queens. And I'd be driven to work and drive by like a 65 foot tall billboard of myself. And, <laughs> and then the next day, literally uh, in the middle of shooting episode seven, they, uh, they pulled the plug on it. And, and, uh, and I remember driving back and, and actually seeing the guy, the guy taking the billboard down, <laughs> you know, so that's the beast. That's, that's what you sign up for. But uh, that was a good learning experience. 20, 23, 24. When you were living like with the, like fellow actors and actresses, did it, ever, did it ever feel like you were competing with them also at the same time? You know, maybe, I mean, on a, on a, um, subconscious level there's a little bit of that where you're like oh like they're doing so well or 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 yeah. they're booking this and i'm not but also on the flip side of that is um you're just there to support each other too and you do want the other person to do well and a lot of the time you know the stuff that they're going in for you're not right for and so you kind of understand that um you know you hear um 
Matt and Ben, um, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon talk about how when they were, you know, young and starting out and like they go out for the same stuff, but they were still supporting each other. Like they still run lines together. And that's always been the sense in the community of acting. Sure. There's this competitive side, you know, you always want to be the best and the most successful. Um, But the same part, you really are there for someone else because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all each other's got. No one else really understands the day-to-day grind of it um, like a fellow actor. I mean, there's so much rejection in the business that that even the most famous people usually go through um, that you got to cope with. And at the end of the day, a lot of those people are your your friends or fellow actors, people that are, that are, you know, slugging it out every day with you. So you said, you mentioned you had that for a pilot, but you also had, you know, you had a few small TV roles before you started getting the bigger roles. Like what were some of your favorite roles? Oh man. Uh, Well, I love suits. It was a lot of fun. Um, I had this uh, um, douchebag character uh, that, um, you know, he named Kyle Durant and he kind of got to give um, Mike Ross, the, the lead character, a lot of uh, grief early on. And that's and it's just a fun show I, to be a part of the first season of it. I remember watching it. I'd shot two episodes of it and, I, and then I was watching the first season. And I remember being like, oh, wow, this this show is actually really good, Uh, you know, because you never know when you're shooting it, you know, what the final thing's going to look like. You know, you do your scenes and 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 you work with the people. But until you see it all kind of glued together, you don't really know. And and TV can sometimes be that fragmented, you know, a little bit different on a film because you're start. there's like a start, middle and end and you're all kind of in it together. But um, TV can be so fragmented with people coming and going. And, and um, unless you're one of the main series cast who have been there from the start and through, you don't really, it's hard to pick up on the tone right away. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun on, on Suits and, and CSI Miami was a lot of fun just coming into the machine that was CSI Miami. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and David and everyone just like watching him do his thing and being like, oh, okay. You know, this is um, this is how you do this, and this is how you do that, and and, and um, you know, it it had been up for like thirteen. I don't know how many years they ended up. But I was like one of the last years uh, um, coming onto it, so they'd already done so many. And uh, there's, you know, it's kind of like one of those shows that every actor who goes to LA kind of before you like can make it in LA, you need to do at least one episode of. Um, yeah. And, and so that was like a chat mark. And, and for me too, like one of my first roles in Canada, when I was starting just fresh out of theater school was Degrassi. Uh, it's actually how I met Nina Dobrev. Um, and, and, uh, and that show too is the same thing. If you're going to be a successful Canadian actor, you got to go through this, this, the grassy phase of, 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 you know, paying your dues on the show. I mean, you know, Degrassi produced Drake and, um, I yeah, remember yeah. Aubrey. Yeah. Uh, his name's Aubrey and, and, uh, he would he'd be rapping in, in, in the halls and I was like, who's this kid? Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, like, you know, he's really stringing together and, and um, and then I remember, like, it was a year later. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, um, shooting a movie with Demi Moore and David Duchovny, and it was my first big 
you know, U.S. break. You know, I was shooting. Amber Heard played my sister. Dave the company played my dad, and and Demi Moore played my my mom. And I was on the way. I was following Demi um, on my way to see my first NFL um, game in person. And uh, we were going to Atlanta Falcons game, and it was uh, against the Bills. And, um, and I remember just the song came on, um, you can have whatever, what was that song? You can have whatever you like that. I'm a horrible yep. singer, but you know, that song. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Oh, this is Aubrey. This is crazy. You know, Drake's like really sticking. I'm in Atlanta and, and the song comes on and, and it's a vivid memory for me because I, I, when I got to the game, I, I, um, to me, um, I was taking me to the game. She, you know, we pull up and there's a private VIP entrance and, and the owner of the Atlanta Falcons comes down and greets the me and, and he walks us out into the field and he's like, I figured you'd want to watch the first part of the game down here. And I'm like, well, where are the seats? And he's like, no, 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 right here <laughs> on, on the sidelines, like oh, on wow. the, on the field. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is, uh, this is a hell of a way to start my first NFL game experience. And, and, um, you know, the cheerleaders are there and I'm grabbing a picture. I'm just a total newbie, you know, grabbing photos with the cheerleaders and, and, um, and, uh, and when the football comes and it, you know, it, it's, uh, it was like an incomplete, incomplete pass and, and it lands on my feet and the owner kind of looks at me and the ref comes over, you know, and grab, grabs the ball and runs away. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, what? He's like, you could have grabbed it. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you could have grabbed it and, you know, uh, you would have taken it home. It was a good, good souvenir. And I was like, no, can I have that ball back? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you get it back? Uh, no, I know that. Uh, they gave me like a, they gave me like a, you know, um, one, one of the ones they used for the game, but I wanted one that was actually, you know, involved with the actual, you know, the actual game. Maybe when I sell it on eBay, I'll say that it was. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, that's in my man cave. We'll be there forever. Uh, yes, yeah, it, it was a it was a moment where I was like, you know, we went up to the Jimmy Carter box and and, and sat up there, and and um, it it was just insane. Like it was one of those pinch me moments, uh, and and then to have that reassurance or like, you know, the feeling that you know other people that I was friends with were also making at the same time. It really kind of uh, felt like I I I deserved to be there, and I I fought my way to get there, and um, and uh, it was a, it was a moment that I'll always remember. Awesome, yeah. And, and one of your uh, you know one of your biggest roles after that was Cold Black. How was it like uh, being at something like that for a few years? Oh, I mean, another um, terrific uh, experience. You I mean I, you can go to school for as long as you want or you can you know take acting classes for as long as you want but to sit across from an oscar winner like marcia gay harden and uh you know watch her go to work and do her thing every day and then have rob lowe come on the show uh golden globe um nominee i'm not sure if he won he went i'm not sure um but uh you know watch him do his thing get to be good friends and and um you know, it's a big network show. CBS, we shot it at, it was a co-pro between ABC and CBS. So we shot it at Disney 
in Burbank there. And, and um, so I'm on the, the Disney lot every day shooting the show and, and, um, and really getting to experience what that big network show feels like. And, um, you know, just trying to keep up with everyone, you know, keeping above water. And, and I had a really fun character on that show. I love playing Mario Savetti. He was a lot of fun. Um, I like playing characters that, that you, you see and you might think they're one way and then you start to get to know them and they're, they're a little bit different. So. Big difference between uh, that character and uh, Shady Brady, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, they, they have actually some similarities in some ways, but obviously very different um, paths that they ended up taking. Yeah. Um, yeah, both, I think, came from the wrong side of the tracks. Um, one of them seems to be, one of them ended up doing something with it. The other ones, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, speaking of uh, uh, Virgin River, we just said, you know, we just said that it got picked up for season three, man. How exciting was yeah. this been for you, this ride? It, again, it's just, it's, you're lucky if you get to do more than one season on a show. You, it, there's so much content out there. I think there's something like over 500 TV series or five. Yeah, I think there's over 500, which is just mind boggling to think about, you know, that just didn't happen, um, you know, years, years ago, decade ago, even, you, you know, you could name is probably under a hundred or, or so they were up on its speech shooting and, and so with the amount of content, shows aren't going like they used to, like used to be if you got a show and you'd be on it, you'd, you'd at least see three years out of it. And if you did more than three years, oh my God, you'd like, you know, you, you hit the jackpot. Um, and, and so to be on a show uh, that gets, um, that's well received and, and, and is, ends up being, um, yeah, we, we, I was blown away by it, but we, you know, we were the number one show on Netflix uh not only just in the u.s and canada but also globally um you know we beat out the crown and 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 the queen's gambit and all these shows that were kind of dominating um right. the number one chart uh, and so we that was completely surprised and you know there's just so much content on netflix you can stream whatever you want um to be the number one uh it was you know pretty 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 cool you mentioned all this content. It's like every day there's a new streaming app coming out. So it's like you can you can be filming this, and then the next month you got another gig at a at another streaming platform. Right. Yeah. And and you know what? Um, that that is tricky nowadays because the way they've um, they're starting to get competitive. You know, and 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 I think more and more they're wanting to try and be like, no, this is our star. You know, um, really, <laughs> Amazon. You can't you can't have him. Um, no, I haven't run into that problem yet, but I've, I've, um, and I'm not sure it's, it's, it's exclusive, but I've heard other people from other streaming services having, you know, issues, you know, bridging the gap between one and the other. And that's not new. I mean, that's something that, that, that network TV has been doing forever. You know, if you're series regular on one show, unless you're, you know, the, um, you're pretty much locked into that show. You know, you can, you might be able to convince them to let you do a guest star, but okay. to go and do like a big arc on another show uh, that's a competitor. Like if you were on ABC and you wanted to go do like a Fox, um, something on Fox, chances are ABC is not going to be super happy about you doing that because they want, you know, they, they want you to be theirs. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, they, they, they pay us, they pay us to do this. <laughs> yeah. 
So I mentioned you played Dan Brady. I want to hear about your audition. Was this uh, live or self-tape? And tell us about the day you know, went for that. This was a, a direct offer. Um, it's wow. nice. It's nice to kind of get to a point in my career where um, most of my most of my work is coming as as direct offers. Um, the things I I have to audition for are ones that are pretty um, pretty lucky to 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 even be seen for the audition, which is great. Uh, you know, they're with your big movies or their, or their, um, big series, which, which I'm more than happy to audition for. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a badge of honor, I guess, to a spot where every actor kind of wants to get to where you start having people just call you up and say, Hey, this is, um, we like to have you for this, or, you know, are, are you available for this? And, and, um, so that was the situation with Virgin river. And, and, um, I, uh, I did some research and, and found the book series and, and saw how popular that was and, and uh, had a conversation with the showrunner and kind of had her take on where she saw um, Dan Brady going and, and, and what kind of character he was. And I love, you know, I like playing darker characters and, and coming off of Code Black, I thought, oh, well, this is, this is a great kind of transition into something a little deeper, a little darker, a little shadier, <laughs> um, you know? So I jumped at it and, and the fact that it was shooting in Vancouver also appealed to me. How do you, how did you prepare for this kind of role? Like you said, you read the books and everything, but what else did you do to yeah. get ready for it? You know what? Um, this one, I, I, I do different things. I mean, one thing I've inherited, um, one thing I've kind of scooped up along the way is I tend to cater my workouts towards the characters that I'm doing. Um, yeah. I, so like, uh, he's an ex Marine. So I started, you know, doing a lot of the Marine workouts that they have in the handbook and, and, um, picked up boxing and, and, um, you know, the, I, I looked up a bunch of stuff on, on, um, documentaries and whatnot on, on, on Marines and, and, and what these guys, the transition back to normal life, you know, cause that's essentially what stage Dan is in um, Brady's transitioning out of being a Marine and trying to find his footing in, in the real world, so to speak. And, and that's where he's having the issues. And, um, and so I watched a few things like that and did some reading and, and uh, I found it all very interesting. And, and um, but the real homework, I guess, for me, is just taking a character and flushing him out, like figuring out like what would his, what would his day look like, and and uh, you know how does he pay rent, and and what would he you know wake up and think about in the morning, and and uh, you know is he the kind of guy that like what would he have for breakfast, and like I really flush out like what this guy is and what Brady is and, and make some concrete decisions about who he is. And then that kind of seeps its way into the, into the role and, and, and how I portray him on, on screen. So everybody, like I noticed when I was doing some research on you, they call you the bad boy for this role. Like, how does that make right. you feel? How does it make you feel? Cause everybody's I mean, like, oh, I think it makes boy, my wife feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it may, I think my wife likes it. Um, you know, uh, my mom probably doesn't like it. Uh, for me, I don't care what they call me. I think it's great. Uh, yeah. um, playing, you know, the bad boy or whatever. And, and then, you know, going, and I, I, I do some Hallmark movies and too. I play the leading man and, um, and it's squeaky clean, you know, kind of stuff. And, and so the big, most important thing for me is that I, that I mix it up and, and, um, 
and that I'm not just kind of doing the one thing all the time. Um, and that's what's fun about acting is, and then I say to coming back to that, like, um, when my mom was like, well, maybe you should get a degree and, and, and then go pursue acting, you know, yeah. like you could be like a, a lawyer or, a, or a, a doctor or like a cop. And I'm like, and now I go home and I, I say, mom, look, I'm all three, you know, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now she didn't say a druggy, you know, uh, ex-Marine guy, but you know, it's uh it's it's one of those things that it's really fun to step into someone else's shoes and 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 live their life even for a little bit did you find any challenges playing the character uh um yeah i guess one of the main challenges with this one is to make sure that he doesn't come across as just just that just super shady and and one dimensional and kind of the bad guy um it didn't, to give him some sense of um humanity and make him feel like he's a living breathing guy he just made some bad mistakes along the way and Meryl Streep has this awesome quote um she said that you should never give any character you play less respect than you give your own life and I think you do that and you take a character like Dan Brady you will you got to give him the respect so you give him this respect that you give your own life and then now that he's got your respect, regardless of what he does, you're going to make decisions based out of that respect, based going, okay, well, he's making this decision, but it's not just because he wants to be bad. He's making it because he's, he wants to be a part of something. You know, Jack's rejected him from his circle. And now, so he's going to this, this um, drug Lord uh, who's wanting him to become a part of their circle. And he's only ever known life as a squad, life as a being a Marine in the Marine Corps. And what that is, is a tight knit unit, you know, um, uh, and so that and that code and that all all that is built into what his framework of who he was growing up. And so, does he do this because he's just looking to make quick buck? Well, maybe I'm sure he's got to live, but also he's doing it because this is what he knows. This is what he was trained to do, and this is part of his moral fabric. Have they given you an idea when you're going to go film season three? Now that it got picked up. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I I think we'll be I I think it'll be fairly quick. Um, and, yeah. and and I've already heard a little um, storyline stuff, which I can't, you know, I can't talk about contractually with you. But um, it's really fun and really interesting stuff. Then Brady's going to get to get to do some stuff we haven't seen him do, yeah. and show sides of him we haven't seen yet, which is which is which is going to be fun. I'm sure the fans are looking forward to it. Like I said, I, I heard about this right before we jumped online. And um, right, yeah, it's fortuitous time. Fans, sure. fans, fans were going crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's super excited. If uh, you know, um, leading up to this, it was just nonstop. Is there a season three? Is there a season three? Like, there. what's going on? What's going on? And um, we all felt good about it. So I'm, 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 I'm happy that we're doing yeah. it. Um, any other, uh, any other projects that uh, you've done that are coming out? So I have um, I have a development uh, of a feature that me and a fellow actor of mine um, are writing currently. Um, we're we're about halfway through it right now, um, and uh, and I have one other thing that I'm starting up in the new year that publicly hasn't been the press release hasn't come out yet, so I can't <laughs> I can't tell you what it is until they release it. 
Um, but it's going to be, it's exciting in a different kind of role for me as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, this project that we're writing with my, with my, uh, buddy, Evan Williams, who, um, we met on a project uh, over a decade ago and just been the best friends since, uh, we're working on this thing that's, um, takes place actually just north of, of Boston, um, it, like the whole northern northeast kind of section of of land back in the 1880s, when uh, the lumber business kind of dominated, uh, and the idea was you'd cut these logs down, and then you had to get them to the mill, right? Which is never yeah. really where you cut the logs down. So the, there's this whole profession, and it was known as the like you know, seamen for sure. Like, you know, if you're on a boat doing lobsters or doing crab, you know, that's pretty tough. You, you, you go to war, which was, you know, you, no one's going to look down on you for that. That's, that's tough. But doing this job, like what they do is they go up to these lumber camps, spend all winter cutting down these massive, massive white pine trees, then load them up on these sleighs, have bulls, drag the massive, huge, multi-ton logs out onto a lake, wait until the lake um, unfroze and, and the logs then melted into the water. And then when that happens, the rapids would take them downstream and they would ride these logs <laughs> on top of these logs downstream, make sure that they didn't get jammed up. And whenever they got jammed up, they'd use dynamite, walk across these logs on water with dynamite and blow them up. And, 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 and then that would allow the other logs in behind it to come downstream. The stream would lead to the mill, which would be at the base of uh, wherever the stream was. And that was their job. Like they do this for nine months out of the year. And, uh, and so they were like, as far as outdoorsmen goes and like, you know, we're writing it in the, in the kind of the way, uh, like gangs in New York, you know, style of violence and danger with like kind of the revenants feel of like remote, um, remote, uh, battle with nature and, and the elements. And, um, it's going to be pretty cool. I think no one's really seen this. No one's really done it, done this story before. And I think just the, the cinematic element of the rapids and the, and the, these massive logs and these, these guys who essentially become this team of, of, um, of log drivers is, is, is going to be really cool. Is this start? Are you trying to make it a series or a film? I'm going to make it a film. Uh, you know, it, it films sometimes if, if they're too long, get end up working themselves into a mini series or, yeah. or a TV series. But I see this more as a film with the beginning, middle and end. I mean, that's the way we're writing it right now. Um, and it kind of feels like a, an epic film, which is, which is going to be uh, fun to make. And it would certainly, uh, it's certainly going to be something that um, I'll be in. I, I would love to direct it, but because I haven't gotten my feet wet with just even doing a short film, um, you know, I, I'll probably let someone else direct it and I'll just produce, produce, write, and then be a part of it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll act in it. So um yeah, it's that's exciting for me. And I, it's just different, you know. It's one of the things I during during this whole um, quarantine and and, and uh, isolation, um, it was one of the things I could do where it felt like I was furthering my career and um, building upon the tools that I had um, as far as knowing how to tell a story. 
So lastly, uh, Ben, how can the listeners find you on uh, social media? Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's my last name, Hollingsworth and then B the letter B, um, which kind of stands for my first name. So it's just Hollingsworth B uh, and that's my handle for Instagram and Twitter. And then my Facebook page is just Ben Hollingsworth. Um, and so they're, they're pretty, pretty easy to track me down. It's a, it's a mix of behind the scenes footage from stuff and, and, uh, and uh and some stuff with my my kids of course because <laughs> they're just such a big part of my world yeah 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 ben uh, this was fun uh, thank you for coming on the show hey thanks for having me appreciate it time that's a wrap that's a wrap everybody that's a wrap thanks for listening to the man cave chronicles podcast i finally get my man cave you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the mcc podcast and our website the mccpodcast.com until next time, next time.